0: This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number
1: one is Dr. Lee Friends. It stinks. What is going on? (laughs) What
0: is going on?
2: Episode 49, submission number 204, Greg the Bunny. Greg the Bunny aired on Fox and IFC from March 27th, 2002 to October 19th, 2004 for 13 episodes.
1: Someone say my name. Are you a bunny? Oh, no. Oh shit! I think you could be a bunny, Greg.
2: You, you,
0: well, know, these... who's, you know who's not a bunny? But Noodles oh. is
1: not a bunny. No, but Noodles is a good girl. Yeah, take that Scott Rogalski. We can sing and dance and we don't need pants, see, we're just like you. We have regular jobs just with low going off. See, we're just like you. Yes, we graduate from hard right like the head of my class! But if it's a sobriety, I am right at breath! There's no strings attached and there's no hand of mine. good job.
0: Just to correct what Chico said, we're only going to be covering the Fox version of Greg the Bunny. It did have life before and also after the Fox version, but we're going to strictly focus on the version that was on on network television. And well, here's the
2: thing, here's the thing about that. Um yes. there was a 13 episode c- season ordered. 11 of the shows aired on Fox. The other two went unaired. Until IFC picked them up,
0: uh, or if you bought the DVD set, <clears throat> or if you bought the DVD set, yes, we, we, which at least one of us has done, and yes, I'm raising my hand right now. Hey, I like Greg the Bunny.
2: Hey, Greg the Bunny's
0: awesome, indeed. So, what was Greg the Bunny? What it was, was the Greg the Bunny? Well, I'm see. glad you asked. <laughs> Uh, Greg the Bunny was a sitcom on Fox where puppets lived in our real world. What? Puppets in the real world, Mike? That's silly. I Well, but, but think about it. There's been a number of shows where puppets are really in the real world. And gosh, wouldn't you believe it? It makes up a whole bunch of episodes that we'll be covering sometime in the future.
1: Oh. Oh, oh. yeah.
0: Yeah, stuff like Wonder Shows and and late night liars and that puppet game show and no you shut up
2: i was waiting for How no about, you shut up i was waiting for the muppets
0: the the muppets too absolutely in this show all the puppets they're actually more or less like a race of people if you will cuz they they're treated differently than humans and that's actually a uh, one of the subjects of one of the episodes is a li- if you want to call it racism, you can, but it's not really racism because it's a puppet and it's puppetism. And, but so, yeah, uh, there's, I think the number is like 3.4 million puppets living amongst us. And just by chance, there's a number of puppets who work with humans on a TV show, which is the main central focus of uh, Greg the Bunny. They work on a TV show called Sweet Knuckle Junction.
2: Well, that nope. just sounds nice and heart, nice and heartwarming and innocent.
0: And, and yeah. you can't you can't make a double entendre out of that. You no. really can't. Oh, trust me, I could. Th- this show follows the life of Greg the Bunny and his roommate Jimmy Jimmy Bender who happens to be played by Seth Green.
2: Are you talking about Cartoon
0: Network's
1: Robot Chicken, Seth Green?
0: Oh, I'm talking about Family Guy's Seth
1: Green. You're absolutely right. No, 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 no. We're talking about rallies. Ka-ching, Seth Green. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm glad. Another thing
2: thing, uh, Seth Green did, and I'm putting it on the list right now, Titan Maximum. What the hell is that? Robot Chicken Meets Voltron. Okay.
0: Jimmy happens to be a production assistant on the TV show that we mentioned earlier, Sweet Knuckle Junction. And he also happens to be the son of the producer of the show, Sweet Knuckle Junction, Gil. And Gil's portrayed by the one and only Eugene Levy. What can we say about Eugene Levy? Priceless.
1: Oh, yes, and it's, it's very miss appropriate. I Schitt's Creek. Hey, I it's only been done for, like, a week. Your point you, is? <laughs> yeah, but
0: it goes beyond Shit's Creek. You've got SCTV, oh, yeah. and you've got American Pie. I mean, it goes on forever with Eugene Levy. An absolute, see, I can't say American treasure. An absolute Canadian treasure. A.
2: So we have Gil, and Jimmy, and Greg the Bunny. Basically the uh, triangle of action here.
0: There's also another corner to this polygon because there's the network executive, Alison Kaiser, played by Sarah Silverman.
1: Yes, a very young Sarah Silverman at the time. Post, yeah, she was the... Post-SNL Sarah Silverman.
0: Yeah, she, she was reasonably young. I'm. Yeah, she would have been like about 31 or 32 back then. So yeah, you're right about that. The, the uh, I, I should also add the reason to you clean at the time, Sarah Silverman. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, but also on Sweet and Uncle Junction, uh, among the humans, you had Jack Mars, who was Junction Jack. He he was like the train conductor on the show, and uh, he was also a Vietnam War veteran, and he makes mention of that uh, in in terms of on a couple of episodes. Talking about the torture he went through in Vietnam, where the Viet Cong hooked up a car battery to his genitals and it took him like 38 hours to talk.
1: Oh, he gee. was a veteran. Oh my God.
0: Kind of reminds
2: oh, yeah. you of Scruffy from Futurama.
0: A little bit, yeah. And actually looks like Scruffy a little bit. H- has more lines than Scruffy, though. Scruffy approves. And then you had Dottie Sunshine, played by Dina Waters, and she was, oh boy, the, the sexual attraction on this kids show? Question mark.
2: This is not a kids show sort of picture.
0: Sir. It, it, but then again, the, it's for the big kids.
1: Yeah, by big kids mm-hmm. we mean the par- the parents, and by parents I mean the the males. If yeah, you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, the the dads are sitting watching it at one in the morning. That's dirty.
1: Yeah, just a little bit.
0: But hey, uh,
2: uh, you know what this reminds me of Miss Yvonne from Pete Wee's Playhouse.
0: You mean Lynn Marie Stewart, who we talked about on numerous shows in the past couple of weeks? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like the-, the, like, like the cool, yeah, like the cool kids and uh, night stand with Dick Dietrich. Yes. Everything is a callback. That's what we get for getting really close to 50 episodes. Yay.
2: Yeah. Hey, you should see what we have in store for number 50. I'm not saying anything.
0: Oh, that's going to be good. But anyway. Also in this universe, uh, obviously we have puppets. And there are puppets on this show. We mentioned Greg the Bunny. And to start off with Greg the Bunny wasn't even part of the show. He just wanted to get a chance from his friend Jimmy because Jimmy's dad was the producer of the show and gosh darn it, nepotism rules.
2: It is Hollywood, I... you know.
0: And then other characters on the show include Warren de Montague, and Warren is an ape. Doesn't look like an ape. Looks like a, a stuffed dog, kind of, sort of. And his ultimate goal is to be a real actor, a Shakespearean actor. He doesn't want to be stuck playing uh, Professor Ape on a kid's TV show for the rest of his life.
1: I, I don't blame him, because why would you want to be typecast as, as someone on a children's show for the rest of your life? Yeah, like everyone who's ever been on a children's
2: show for the rest of, for the rest of their lives. Uh, Jaleel White,
1: Mark Paul Gossler, Ryan Gosling on Young Hercules.
0: And Warren DeMontague is performed by Dan Milano. And he later went on to, as Chico just mentioned, future installment, Titan Maximum.
2: Well, that's
0: for that's after he put his dues in in um, Robot Chicken. But also, he starred in the spinoff to *Greg the Bunny*, possible future installment *Warren the Ape*. Yes, there's a spinoff to this show, which aired on MTV very briefly ten years ago. Wow, unbelievable.
2: Well, we well, you said that he was in *Sweet Knuckle Junction*, but he doesn't see himself playing Professor Ape for the rest of his life.
0: Oh no, he wants to do Shakespeare. He wants he wants, to Shakespeare. he wants to be known as a serious actor.
2: And apparently with a relationship with Farrah Fawcett.
1: How does that, happen? How does that happen? I don't know. He gets around that puppet. Mm-hmm. Next you have
0: maybe my favorite character on the show. I don't know about you guys. But Count Blah.
1: Yeah, Count Blah, probably the best character in this show. He is awesome, Blah.
0: Actual name is Frederick (laughs) Blah. At least on the Fox show, Drew Massey uh, was uh, Count Blah. Drew Massey's name will be coming up later because he was part of future entries we mentioned earlier, Muppets Tonight, and No, You Shut Up. Yeah, interesting thing about
2: Count Blah, he's a classic case of, does this look like anything to you? Because he was a parody of, of course, the Count von Count on Sesame Street. Except much funnier. Uh... <laughs> I, have, I actually have a quote here from a General cons- Knowledge by Consensus Wikipedia. Show me another vampire, especially a puppet vampire that was working in the mainstream industry before I came along. Suddenly I find out some bearded hippie is looking for folks to be on his new children's program, and he was looking for a vampire. Next thing I know, he's got some bleeping OCD numerologist on the show. Ugly purple skin, counting up and down. It was just disgusting, blah. He's not even Romanian, he's freaking
0: Italian, and he knows it, blah. ha <laughs> ha! I I never knew Confon Count was was Italian.
2: I was today years old when I learned this.
0: Every time Count Blah speaks, he ends with Blah. And at least on the first episode, there is some great dialogue between Greg the Bunny and Count Blah. Because Greg the Bunny, remember, he doesn't have a job yet. He's a nobody. And he gets starstruck when he sees Count Blah and says oh oh, i've been a fan of yours for for a long time uh count blind oh thank you very much blah uh what should i call you blah blah okay blah blah no blah blah okay blah blah (laughs) i enjoyed
2: it you enjoyed it blah
0: next up I apologize for this name. I'm just saying that in advance. 2002 was a slightly different time. Don't give us letters. The next character's name is Tardy Turtle. And it's not because he's always late. Oh. Yeah. And Tardy Turtle is just a little slow. And here's where we go to confessional in the morning.
1: Hey oh. hey, hey, Mike. Do you think Tardy Turtle knows Bobo? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh
0: um, no. you know there
2: here's some, here are some examples of some tardyisms. Crayons taste like purple. The green ones
0: make me horny. Drumsticks could also be chicken beautiful callback by greg to episode two mr smith bobo reference didn't see oh, that. Coming. yeah oh well that was beautiful
2: and by the way turns out he graduated from harvard so very
0: very uh savantish perhaps yes yes and actually you hear that in the opening which you heard obviously at the start of the show he actually says you know uh, puppets can graduate from the harvard at the head of my class. That's what he says.
1: Not not head of the class. Head of my class, yes. Yes.
0: And Tardy Turtle was voiced by Victor Yared, who actually portrayed a number of characters on this show. Uh, but also, at least maybe in my mind most popularly, who did Victor Yared portray on, uh, again, Future installment that we've already talked about a, a few times uh, in this episode. And I, I'm the Weasel! He portrayed the Weasel on Late Night Liars. Who didn't enjoy the
1: Weasel? Woo, Weasel. I'm
0: the Weasel! I'm the Weasel!
1: You know who wasn't a fan of the Weasel? Bobby Heenan.
0: <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, my God. I'm a weasel. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Also on the show, you had life-size monsters who are technically puppets, obviously, like Susan Monster, who is very similar to life-size creatures you would have seen on Sesame Street or the Muppets, like Big Bird. Or who's the one that you had mentioned, Chico? Sweetums! <laughs> Woo! and susan monster was uh well different let's say that how different are we talking uh well uh first the the voice is definitely not a stereotypical feminine voice not that there's anything wrong with that uh but also uh susan has a habit of eating stray cats which makes me wonder if susan is maybe directly related to Alf? Mm, Perhaps, maybe? I don't know. But also in one of the episodes, Susan plays a critical role um, actually being essentially girlfriend to Jimmy. Jimmy dated a puppet. You also had Rochester Rabbit, uh, again, also uh, played by James Murray, who was on Sweet Knuckle Junction for a long time, but then lost his job to Greg the Bunny. On one episode, Rochester is seen selling maps to the stars' homes, uh, and uh, Greg actually gets him to go back on the show. Greg feels guilty. Rochester goes back on the show, does a little song and dance, and wouldn't you know it, at this time when Rochester is having the time of his life, boom, he drops dead of a heart attack.
1: Oh, Ooh. no.
0: Oh, no. w- when we get to that episode, uh, it was. There were a couple of good episodes. This is one of those two or three episodes that is like the funniest uh, among the ones that I saw. But again, we'll get to that later. Uh, and then you had a character, again, performed by Victor Yared called Cranky. Who's Cranky? He's just cranky. I mean, he's a crew member who's just cranky. Apparently, he was a. The cavity goon on uh, the adventures of Timmy the tooth never even heard of that. Oh, I... that's
1: a bit that was a VHS series. Oh, in fact, a lot of the props for this show, Greg the Bunny, were reused from the adventures of Timmy the tooth.
0: Now that I see a picture, I know exactly who Cranky is, and yes, Cranky is Cranky. So, Cranky's uh, Cranky, Cranky's Cranky, yes. Well, as we said at the start, there's 13 episodes. Of this run, the Fox run that uh, were produced, 11 aired on Fox, two aired on IFC, and we're on the DVD set. And we're going to go through those in order. And the first episode is Welcome to Sweet Knuckle Junction. Greg goes in for an assistance job at Sweet Knuckle Junction and walks out with a starring role after Rochester Rabbit is let go from the production.
2: This would be the uh, same Rochester rabbit who has, uh, what, died of a heart attack? Or am I thinking of somebody else?
0: No, you're you're, you're right, but don't spoil it. We'll get to it in a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, And in this episode, which is pretty much like the pilot episode, there were a number of cameo appearances. You had David Spade making uh, a cameo when Greg uh, arrives at the network. And then Jeffrey Ross also made a cameo as a security guard at the studio. So he already had a couple of big names d- just from the start. And it was a very heartwarming episode. Greg the Bunny got his job. He's living his dream. And everything is all hunky-dory. And then uh, we get to episode two. Aired oh episode two. We, we should say this is aired episode two. Uh, it yeah. actually was, it was actually the fourth one produced. SK 2.0. When the show bombs with a children's focus group, Allison plans changes and Jimmy's idea for an updated version of sweet knuckle junction called SK 2.0 just might be the trick. Like use for a green screen, Greg, the bunny becoming G the B Count Blah becoming Count Ait, Warren portraying Prof Meister Ape, making Junction Jack a cyborg called Cybo Jack, and Dottie showing off her sex appeal. Oh, just you wait till we get the future episodes, my friend. There's no way that this is going to fail. No way at all. Well, it doesn't help that Count Blah, or I'm sorry, Count Ait, can't pronounce his name. What do you mean? I'm Count Aiget. No, you're Count i Aiget. He's pronouncing A-I-G-H-T as it really, you know, looks. Aiget. No, it's I. Like everything's all right. Like everything's I. Right, Chico. How's everything? I. 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 That's the right answer. And no, it doesn't end well. Do you know why it doesn't end well? Why doesn't it end well, Mike? Well, b- well besides the fact that, you know, it's all technology-based. It's a green screen. But they showed a children's focus group, maybe the same focus group that saw it earlier, this new SK 2.0. And guess what happened with all the flashing colors, the green screen, the quick motions? You had children having seizures. And right at the end of the show, as jimmy's walking uh with greg the bunny away from the studio what do you see you see EMSs pulling up to save the kids who are having seizures
1: oh
0: well i mean that I'm was sure. a time that that was sort of popular i mean that was about five years later but remember the whole pokemon thing back in like 97
1: 98 yeah in japan yeah right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And from there, episode three, which is actually production episode number 11. So they're really hopping around here. Jewel Heist. Greg is jealous when Jimmy gets a new love interest named Chelsea, played by Lindsay Sloan, whose dog Winston is quite aggressive to Greg. Meanwhile, Allison, Dottie, and Susan revolt when Gil doesn't invite them to a paintball weekend with an intense instructor, played by David Koechner.
2: This is when you realize that all of a sudden, this doesn't make any sense.
0: well, no, kind it of, does make it makes a little bit of sense because at least from my experience with uh, dogs, they love puppets and chew toys. And guess what Greg the Bunny looks like probably in a dog's eye. a giant chew toy. True. Unfortunately, I didn't see this episode, but I believe when it first ran, I believe Greg the money got chewed up. Well, let's say in his baby daddy region. And I seem to remember that he needed a lot of stitches down there. Oh, well, I mean, I'm just being honest. Uh, Again, you know, when you give a dog a chew toy like that, a puppet or something, it's going to beat the hell out of it. So I'm not surprised that. Well, Greg the Bunny's not going to have any babies anytime soon. I'm sorry. I I didn't know how to to break it. But then we get to episode four, and this one was a little weird. Greg gets Puppish, production number uh, nine. So they're really, again, showing these out of order. Herbata Hymena orders Greg to familiarize himself with Puppish culture To the detriment of the show, Greg is later asked by Herbada to speak at the National Puppet Convention. Uh, This is not unlike, let's say, the conversion of Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali in the 60s, or Malcolm Little to Malcolm X. Uh, Greg the Bunny is sort of recruited in a similar manner, because again, remember... Puppish or or being a puppet is essentially like a different race or religion or lifestyle than a human lifestyle. So you had uh, Herbada Hymena, uh, who runs this essentially cult. Uh, He convinced Greg the Bunny to change his name. And uh, once Greg the Bunny did this, he became very difficult to work with because he'd wear a certain outfit, which just didn't mesh with what the TV show uh, expected of him. And he refused to take off his, his, uh, his garb. And uh, it just made uh, for a very difficult work environment. But then uh, ultimately things came to a head when Herbada Hymena said to Greg the bunny in a native language, you need to leave your friend Jimmy, your roommate. You need to live on your own. You need to show your puppet capable of living and surviving on your own without having a human assist you. And that's where Greg drew the line. He said, You know what? I'm not playing that game. I'm going back to using Greg the Bunny as my name, not my native puppetish, puppish name. And I'm not leaving my friend Jimmy behind. And then the show turned back to normal.
2: So this is one of those shows in which, you know, there is like a an overall sort of arc to it, but at the end of the day, every problem is solved in 30 minutes.
0: Well, every problem except Greg the Bunny apparently lost his puppet-ish <clears throat> pup-ish identity. Yeah. And then we get to episode five, The Singing Mailman. And this actually was episode 12 in production order. So now we're getting like really out of whack. Dottie is blackmailed by a goodwill worker named Leo Cornelly, who was played by Michael McDonald of Mad TV fame, who has a dirty tape of her doing something sexual to MC Hammer's You Can't Touch This upon finding it in a box of junk that she gave him. <laughs> yeah, Leo plans to post it on the internet if she can't get him a role on Sweet Knuckle Junction. Hooray, blackmail! After telling Greg about it, Dottie works to get Gil to cast Leo as a singing mailman on Sweet Knuckle Junction. After Gil fires Leo for the mess up, Greg tells Jimmy, Jack, Count Blah, Warren, and Tardy about Dottie's plight, causing them to take action to get the tape back. Meanwhile, Gil and Allison deal with the hamster puppets going on strike when they have been denied a couch for their hamster wheel. How much would a couch for a hamster wheel be? Five bucks, come on! You could make one of those things, man. Yeah.
2: This is before the maker movement, though. True. This is before the maker movement. Like, what, ten years before the maker movement?
0: Probably at least eight or nine. There you go. And then next we have Rabbit Redux, episode six, which actually is episode six in the production order. Go figure. Greg feels guilty for stealing Rochester Rabbit's job on Sweet Knuckle Junction after having recurring nightmares of Rochester Rabbit burying him alive. That's where they go uh, looking for a Rochester Rabbit and he's selling maps to the Star's homes. So Greg wants to patch things up when Rochester Rabbit dies of a heart attack during the musical number for the Thanksgiving episode of Sweet Knuckle Junction. Greg feels down about it as everyone holds a memorial service for him, which also doubles as a roast. Meanwhile, Jimmy wants to score with Allison and does this by flirting with Susan Monster that we talked about earlier. So these are two separate plot lines we mentioned earlier merging in this one episode. And oh, Greg felt so bad about uh, Rochester dying. And he felt that roasting Rochester Rabbit instead of giving a proper dignified funeral or a dignified eulogy was just the wrong way to go. But everybody was having a great time at Rochester's expense. Kind of interesting. They had an open casket funeral, and you could see Rochester Rabbit. Deceased in the casket, but in his mouth he had a lit cigar.
1: What a way! Why to
0: go. does uh, why does a dead rabbit have a lit cigar in his mouth?
2: Does this look like
0: anything to you? Well, what ultimately happened is Rochester Rabbit caught in fire at the end of the episode. Oh no! That's not good. Who wants Haas and Nobody? Okay. Uh, Well, no. Episode
2: 7 is Surprise. It's actually the 10th produced episode. Allison tries to fool a TV guide reporter named Laura Carlson, played by Sasha Alexander, into believing that the cast is a happy, functional family in hopes of getting on the cover while throwing a surprise party for Jack Greg finds out that Laura has a crush on Allison. It just got hot in here all of a sudden.
0: (laughs) Oh, you you don't know hot, brother. We'll get to that in a second. It's getting
1: hot in here.
2: Yeah, Sasha Alexander of uh, Dawson's Creek fame. How she got into this how she got into this show, I'll never know. No.
0: And then we get to episode 8, production episode 7, Father and Son Reunion. Father-son relations between Jimmy and Gil are damaged when Gil doesn't tell Jimmy that his parents' marriage is over when he encounters his mom Sandy, played by Julie Haggerty, making out with Jimmy's old gym teacher, Coach Don Dinkins, played by Charles Rocket outside the coffee house. Meanwhile, Warren starts his one-man show. Oh, my gosh, those actors in this episode, Julie Haggerty and Charles Rocket, did we just take a time machine back to 1980? Oh, yeah. We just might have. Julie Haggerty from Airplane and Charles Rocket from Future Installment, the sixth season of Saturday Night Live.
1: And not to mention Future Installment, Keel and bonetti and not to mention future installment the home court which is not on the list but it's gonna be after this episode
2: not to mention future installment that's not on the list but will be after this episode steel collar man
0: don't mind us for doing more behind the scenes work during the show oh but we could do like a whole couple of weeks or a month devoted to charles rocket that's brilliant i like it
1: yeah, we're going to finally give Trolls Rocket his due, damn it. We
0: are? I mean, sure we are. <laughs> Does he really deserve it after what he did on SNL?
1: Well, oh, come on. He was in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. All I could say
2: is
0: he's totally Method. Well, you know, if Charlene Tilton didn't shoot him, he wouldn't be that famous.
1: True. Well, that, that is true.
0: It's very true. That
1: absolutely. Is...
0: I make a good point every now and then. Oh, of course you do. And then that takes us to episode nine production. Episode five. Piddler on the roof. I got to say, that's a great name for an episode right there. Piddler on the roof. Believing that Allison won't let him do Shakespeare on the show. And angry Warren takes a leak in her open convertible. Oh, that's why it's Piddler on the roof. Her sunroof is open And Warren takes a big steamy piss in it. Who opens a sunroof? Well, maybe who forgets to close their sunroof is a better question. And then Warren auditions to play Claudius to Gary Oldman's Hamlet. And believe it or not, Warren gets the role to play Claudius to Gary Oldman's Hamlet. And... He's ready to leave the show saying, ha ha suckers. I got my job. I'm going to do Shakespeare. And Allison says, no, you're not. We've got a contractor. You know, we talked to your agent and she said, no, you're sticking on sweet knuckle junction. Okay. That is your
2: Hollywood story. Your true Hollywood story.
0: And Greg, the bunny who knew this innocent little bunny could get drunk. Because this bunny, this little bunny, got wasted on tequila. And he was the only person to see Warren peeing in Allison's car. Yep. And, and, and Warren kept saying, no, you were drunk. You were hungover. That wasn't me. And Greg kept on saying, no, I saw you. I might have been drunk, but I wasn't that drunk. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. No, we haven't all been there. I haven't been there. True. Yeah, okay. I don't
2: drink, so I wouldn't know.
0: There you go. I
2: am not a drinker either.
0: You are pleading the fifth, and we're moving on to episode I 10. Plead the fi- I like to plead the fifth of Jack. Yeah, you plead the fifth, and you drink a fifth. And we go to episode 10, the final episode in production order, Blop Balls. Warren can't get over his ex-wife, Maggie, played by Mary Lou Henner. And Count Blah can't get over his dead wife, Maldora Blah, until he meets Maggie. Oh, no good can come out of this. You know what? There's
2: absolutely nothing wrong that can happen. No. Absolutely nothing
0: wrong that can happen. Not at all. Meanwhile, Allison is being stalked and suspects Jack upon telling him that he can't play... The hooker killing conductor, Locomotive Louie, in the upcoming horror film Helping Hand Station. <laughs> and Brig <Greg> is dead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I know what that means.
0: Helping
2: Hand Station. Oh! Ha ha ha
1: ha. Multiple entendre. I think we just. Turned hey, into triple hey, entendre. Hey, guys, hey, guys, guys, I got a question. Do you think Robert Kraft has ever been the helping hand station? Oh, jeez! Oh! <laughs>
2: Next episode! Next episode! And this was actually the last episode that Fox aired, but it's the third one that was produced. Episode 11, Dotty Heat. After doing a duet with Dottie by singing The Friendship Song when Marty the Skunk got food poisoning, Greg develops a crush on Dottie. All together now. One, two, three. (laughs) Dottie Dottie's later crushed when she overhears Greg lying to the gang and tells them that he did the nasty with her. (gasps) (laughs) Meanwhile, Jimmy finds that Allison is dating another man. At the same time, Count Blah plays a game of cards with Jack Warren, the Jamaican guy, a puppet dog, and an unnamed human crew member.
0: Yeah, uh, Greg did get a little crush on Dottie, and Greg went to Dottie's apartment. And generally when men go to Dottie's apartment, let's just say they get lucky. But Greg the bunny, oh, he—he's—he's oh, no. he's a very timid, innocent fellow. He went over there, and there was a little bit of cuddling, and they were watching TV in bed. But nothing happened. But the way that Greg phrased it to uh, the gang on the staff, oh well, you know, we're in bed, and I shot her in the face with a Nerf gun. oh <laughs> I just wanted to, yeah, cl- clear the air on that. Uh, and they uh, we broke her... don't need
2: letters, bed. yeah. <laughs> a-
0: and they also broke her bed because they were jumping on the bed and the bed collapsed, not because, you know. Uh, ha,
1: ha, 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 Multiple entendre. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Just basically a lot of double entendres. And mistaken nuances as it were and the thing is dottie came by while greg was telling everybody this and she thought that greg was claiming they had relations let's say when that wasn't the truth it's just that's how it sort of came out that's because of greg's innocent little mind True. Um, and then the first episode that aired on ifc over two years after it was canceled, was the second episode produced, Sock Like Me. During Puppet History Month, somebody writes the S word in the insult of message about Greg the Bunny in the men's room. Oh, the S word, by the way, is sock. So apparently, sock is a racist term in puppish or puppetish or however you want to phrase it. Puppish. Yeah, well, yeah, however you want Puppish sounds like you're talking about puppy dogs. But yeah, however you want to phrase it. That would be puppy-ish. Fair enough. To keep her superiors from retaliating, Allison forces the human and puppet staff to undergo puppet sensitivity training overseen by Dr. Abin Mitchell. It's just like any sort of corporate sensitivity training or corporate training. It's very boring. You know, people don't want to be there. uh, But it's all for the greater good because you don't want a lawsuit. But, yeah, the S word is is sock, and that's that's very uh, derogatory to puppets, apparently.
1: No, no bueno.
0: No bueno. No. NG, no good. And, and, actually, what it turns out is who wrote that insultive message about Greg the Bunny on the wall? Greg the Bunny did. Why? Wha- no, what? he did. He did. Here's the reason why. Because he was in the men's bathroom and saw other disparaging things about other people on the staff, uh, both male and female and human and and puppish. And he felt left out because there was nothing on the wall about him. So he decided to write this about himself saying that, you know, he's just a dirty old sock and that he ought to kill himself or something in that regard. Wow. Yeah. And he thought that would make him one of the cool kids, if you will. That's and another episode, Mike. Th- that was a previous episode, I know. And what ultimately happened is people blamed it on Junction Jack, and uh, they wanted Junction Jack to take the fall, and when he wouldn't, and this goes back to the whole battery hooked up to my genitals for 38 hours in Nam, he was not going to squeal, and he was not going to admit to anything that he didn't do. So everybody goes sensitivity training. Then Greg says, oh, I did it because I wanted to be popular. What a naive little kid. And then the last episode and this, oh my gosh, this is a hilarious episode. It's the last episode on the DVD, on the second uh, DVD of the set. It's production episode eight. Jimmy drives Gil crazy. Sit back, Greg. I know you're going to like this.
2: Oh, boy. Here we go.
0: Well, well Greg's oh. not, You're going to like it, too, but Greg, I think, is going to like it more. Jimmy feels unloved when Gil yells at him about what a production assistant is supposed to do because Jimmy forgot to take a tape of the show to post-production or something like that. While going to clean up poop in the back of Warren's house because he was doing uh, some errands for Warren, Jimmy stumbles upon a teenager named Amy played by Alicia Lee Willis, skinny dipping in Warren's swimming pool and uses Warren's house to impress her while sleeping in Warren's car, which was loaned to Jimmy Greg meets Corey Feldman, who is annoyed with having Warren as his bad neighbor and takes his car, which leads to a police chase.
1: Oh yeah. Oh Wow. Oh, Hey, well, I got to appreciate the fact that they got Corey Feldman in this episode.
0: Oh, this is a great episode. You had Jimmy borrowing Warren's car to go to Warren's house, to do errands, to do chores, to clean up dog poop, among other things. And here's this naked lady in the swimming pool. And, and and Jimmy said, yeah, asked what are you, and Jimmy asked, what are you doing? And she said, Oh, I'm skipping school today. You're skipping school. Yeah, I'm a high school student. Oh, big red flag. Naked high school student in the pool. But, but... However? It was her 18th birthday. So, lucky for Jimmy. She's an adult.
1: Still disgusting, but still an adult. Oh, okay. That's a relief.
0: Yeah, it's a big relief. Especially when they go in... Warren's house, and uh, she ends up making a sex tape with Jimmy. She ends up putting him in her schoolgirl outfit and tying him to a coffee table and basically torturing him. Meanwhile, the whole time, Greg is asleep in the car, and here comes Corey Feldman, frequently mistaken in this episode for Corey Haim, a good callback to, you know, when they were big back in the. 80s and
1: 90s. Well, nowadays, Mike, that's not a problem.
0: Yeah. Jeez. Oh, no.
1: All I
2: could say is this episode. That's oh, I,
0: thought, I thought you were going to talk about Corey Haim, that drugs, uh, are
2: Co- Corey Hame, drugs, are, drugs are bad.
0: Corey Haim, yeah. drugs are bad. She didn't do drugs, okay? So, Corey Feldman stole Warren's Mercedes and took it on a joyride. And actually, he just wanted to move the car a little bit just to hide it from Warren. But unfortunately, he went through a stop sign in front of a cop. And next thing you know, it's the friggin' OJ chase. They're going down the freeways of Los Angeles, three or four cop cars behind them. And while this is happening on TV, because again, it's Los Angeles, so it's got to be on TV. Channel five, probably. Uh, it was actually Channel 6. It was, it was a made-up channel, I believe. Okay. And while this is happening, since it's on TV, the entire crew of Sweet Knuckle Junction is watching it, and Gil is flipping out. Oh, my gosh, my son is going to be going to jail for some time because he stole this car and, and uh, is on a police chase. Meanwhile, Jimmy is tied up and gets back to the studio, to everybody's amazement oh, you're not the person behind the wheel. Well, who the heck is behind the wheel? And lo and behold, where does the police chase end? Right by the TV studio, amazingly enough. And there's Corey Feldman getting arrested, but gets some sort of relief from Gil when Gil says, oh, son, I know I've been treating you bad. I love you. And, you know, you deserve better in life. And that gives Corey Feldman some sense of redemption it was just a funny episode
1: Sounds yeah definitely
0: like it was. De- definitely look forward i know there's a number on youtube i didn't see if that one's on youtube but if it is yes you got to watch that one i wish that would have aired on fox that was probably one of the two episodes i enjoyed watching the most but also uh something i noticed and, and maybe it's just me uh just in my tendencies to over uh, notice things gray the bunny had two different types of eyes in this series he had button eyes and then in other episodes he had eyes that looked like marbles
2: so from button eyes to marble eyes yeah let me, take, let, me let me take a look at this this is yeah. what are the This is one of those cases where we wish this was a video podcast, but...
0: Yeah, in the first episode, Greg has button eyes. On later episodes, it was either Piddler on the Roof or on Jimmy Drives Gil Crazy, Greg has marble eyes. Yeah, Yeah. oh God, I can totally see it. Yeah, yeah, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's like, where did his button eyes go? He's got marble eyes now, but also... That gave Greg the bunny, the puppet, the ability to emote more by, you know, uh, you know, like lowering his eyes. Sometimes I think he blinked. So it gave him a little more emotion than just button eyes where you can't really wink. Yeah. There wasn't anything built in for that. So maybe he got an upgrade because again, episode one was the pilot. So maybe when they found out they were going to series, He got an upgrade on his eyes. He got plastic surgery, if you will. That makes sense. Plus also, again, maybe it's just me, and I'm sure Chico would notice this for sure. No, I'm
2: looking at pictures, and I see the two types of eyes. I see the button eye, Greg, and then later on, I see the uh,
0: glass-eyed Greg. Right. And something else that I noticed, and I think you would notice, and Greg would notice, is during one of the episodes, Jimmy is at home playing video games, and wouldn't you believe it, they combined three systems into one here. What? How? You can see, follow, you can see Jimmy holding a Nintendo 64 controller. Meanwhile, the video game he's playing is Simpsons Road Rage. Oh, Network Synergy, Simpsons Road Rage on Fox. And I'm guessing it was probably either for probably like the PS2 or maybe the GameCube.
1: Yeah, I was also on Xbox, too.
0: Okay, but it definitely was not on N64. I know that much. Definitely. But also the sound effects coming from the video game, the typical Atari 2600 Pac-Man sound effects you'd hear kind of often. Why would a video game from 2002 be making sound effects from an Atari 2600 game from 1982?
2: That's just a whole lot of stock, stock video game noises.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's just the uh, you know the, the sound when Pac Man eats the power pellet and when he dies in the Atari 2600 version, just generic video game sounds that you wouldn't hear on anything in 2002, let alone 1992. Go figure, eh? Yeah, it's interesting what you notice when you watch these shows and have a particular eye for details. Yeah. Well, speaking of
2: details, aside from the uh, shorts that aired on IFC in 2005 and 2006, this would not be the last we see of Greg the Bunny. Oh? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he was on an episode of Duel Masters, the episode Kokujo Strikes Back. He was portrayed as the world's second best duelist. Not, not Duel Monsters, Duel Masters.
1: This is uh, another duelist sort of show here. And also, footage of Greg the Bunny has been seen in Sean Baker's movies, Starlet and the twenty seventeen critically acclaimed movie The Florida Project.
0: Uh plus also we should note that uh the production company behind this, or one of the production companies behind this, is Steven Levitan Productions. And again, we mentioned earlier that Eugene Levy, his show Shits Creek, just came to an end. Go find it if you have never seen it. It's worth it. But also Stephen Levitan just had a show which ended. uh was it the same night Wednesday or or uh, did yeah it was Creek same night it was It was the same night. Modern family ended. So literally wow. when you when you had Shit's Creek ending, you had modern family ending. Two great shows. Yep. It's just an interesting little side note that Stephen Levitan was behind Greg the Bunny uh, and also Modern Family, but also, two entries that we've talked about that are coming in the future stacked and LA to Vegas and Oliver bean. Is that on the list? Oh, uh, why not add it? I don't know if it is, but yeah, might as well add it. We can, we can, if it ain't on, it. on the list, it should be. Yeah. We, we, we can uh, look at, at that stuff later on. Absolutely. Well, Chico, is there anything else you need to say about Greg, the bunny?
2: He was an innocent little bunny trapped in a world he didn't create. Unfortunately, because this is Fox, the only thing I could say about Greg the Bunny, it was the thing on TV.
0: Yes, it was. Well, guys, before we go, I'm going to play a new segment, and I'm calling it, and I apologize because I know this is... Taken from uh, at midnight. We're going to play eBay Prices Right. Here's what I want you to do I want you to tell me the highest price that Greg the Bunny on DVD has sold for on eBay in the last three months. You can uh, go to the nearest penny. You don't have to go to the nearest dollar. And you just want to be closest without going over. And I'm going to go to Greg first because, well, his name is part of the title of this show. Okay. Greg, what do you think is the highest price paid for a Greg the Bunny DVD on eBay in the last three months?
1: Uh, $15.
0: Okay. And Chico, are you going to be a D-bag and, and, and penny him or are you going to do something else? Mike, you know,
2: I'm going to be a D-bag. Why did you even go through the trouble of asking me? But I'm actually going to go $16.
0: Oh, you're giving him a dollar window. Oh, was that a good uh, move? Can I, I can't help it. I've been raised too well. Oh. Uh, well, the highest price the Greg the Bunny series on DVD is sold for, and this happened on March 9th, was $24.99. Chico wins. Woo! Oh, uh, look at that. Look at that. But, but also, I, I, I should throw out the next highest one, And it looks like this sold on March 30th. Uh, It looks like it sold for $10. So, why somebody would pay $25 when it looks like $10 might be about the highest going rate, I don't know, but that's it, ain't my money. That's all I know. And then, in case you're curious, prices went as low as 99 cents on on January 23rd. So, if you want Greg the Bunny, you can get it for anywhere between. $1 and $25. Just don't be that person that pays $25 for it.
2: Nobody likes to be that
0: person. And that was this installment of eBay Price is Right. And with that, we're gonna put a wrap on this episode. Don't forget our entire library of past episodes, almost 50 episodes. We're like right on the cusp of turning 50. Hey, All well, those episodes. Okay, go.
1: Well, if you count the preview episode, it's fifty.
0: N- no. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. So yeah, well. this episode is even though it's episode 49, if you include the the preview episode, yeah, it would be 50. Good call. So all 50 episodes are on our website as well as links to our social media. And that's at www.itwasathingontv.com. And Wednesday, oh, Wednesday, episode 50. I'm sorry. When we were first planning this out, when I saw this was episode 50, I'm like, eh, whatever. But then I saw it and I told Greg and I told Chico This is like the perfect episode for episode 50.
1: Oh, yes, it is.
0: Oh, we're going to have fun with that, and I'm sure that you are as well listening to it. Again, that's coming later this week, right here on It Was a Thing on TV. Thank you for listening. Thank you for Greg. Thank you to Chico. I'm Mike, and we'll talk to you with episode 50 of It Was a Thing on TV.
1: Bye-bye. Wow! Blah.